I wanted to go against the grain. Really go against... Uh, go outside of the establishments to release what I feel should be something that, that should be understood. Um, so my cyberpunk book is going against the grain with things that I feel should be talked about I think homelessness becomes taboo um drugs sex, murder, rape all these things come taboo um because you know um there is things that disgust me and there are things that I'm totally against. Um, whether I'm against or for them is not my opinions of what I speak on. But um, in the glass future, which is a digital book, not only is it set in underground settings, but there are underground movements. Um, you've got the trolls and the hackers. But then you've also got a group of people who are very intelligent. But that's not important. The intelligence is not the important thing. That's not what they're selling. Um... What they're selling is parts of their cells. To the NHS. Excuse me. They're selling parts of their cells to the NHS. So new cells can be made and injected into people but also cells can be programmed into the body. They can be mapped. <laughs> you see where we're going with this? Um, yeah, there's lots of substances, radioactive substances. Um, and there's also some of Southport's worst secrets that has been blabbed. Um, but I thought I'd talk about, um, I thought I would talk about, um, the supercomputer, which, if you want to know where it's based, the supercomputer, um, it's based in a real place. We do talk about it in the book, uh, Duke's house. Underneath there is a, a, a bunker um, where the secret computer is, um, well, where they're building a secret computer. And that, at the end of the book, unfortunately gets hacked in bad and good ways. 
Now, the quartz crystal, which we find from Fort 22, um, people get it and they meddle with it, and um, they try and take it into one of the factories where all different parts are made and stuff like that. And um, luckily, um, one of the people in the book, I'm not going to say which one, pretends to be bad, goes into the factory, takes the quartz crystal again, saves it. But they don't realise that it's been overclocked. So they get an overclocked quartz crystal <laughs> for the supercomputer, which is already overclocked um, by the hackers. And these are like good hackers. These are the good people that are going to, you know, save it. And you think they're sort of college students that have found this secret towards the end of the book. But naturally you find out these people are very intelligent. And they're trying to put the lid back on something which is... Yeah. Um, kept, you know. But I really wanted to talk about some of the things that um, I have wanted to talk about for ages. Um, I'm working on a letter um, which will get my questions answered um, and hopefully um, out of the, the letter there should be coming some some good things. You know, um, <clears throat> there is a new blog which we're making called Underverb the Black Machine. That is an underground blog which was which was on Tumblr, but unfortunately, I can't get it much at the moment, so I'm putting it elsewhere. And it's just an everyday blog. But when you go to it, there's like bits missing from the jigsaw, which is what we want you know we want that's what we want from you know people we want the bits to be missing from the jigsaw people you know <laughs> you go and you work up these answers um you know you have sort of questions you want answering and then you sort of put them into a different thing or whatever They don't come out the way you want them because, yeah, that's how it should be. My uncle came up for my nan's funeral and he wouldn't answer the questions that I wanted him to answer. I thought, I, I will sit down and I will write him a letter and I will get those questions. And some of them are Christian ones. Like, uh, I'll tell you one of the Christian questions that I have for those Christians out there, right? One of the Christian questions I've got is, why is Jesus showing himself as a tree to me? The tree, and why has Jesus transformed into a tree? 
I know he's everywhere. I know he moves. I know he, you know, I know he's a man on this earth, but I know he's transformed into something else. Why has it come out as a tree? You know? And... There are some paganistic things I believe in. The earth and whatever you... But that's to do with some theories that I have. Um... Like, I believe a lot of Solomon's documents and that were meddled with by the wrong hands, even though he did follow foreign gods. He does say that in the Bible. But the original... Because, um, you see, the Masons... They worship Solomon. And Solomon is not a god. Um, and I believe, in fact I know, I don't believe, I know, right, that kings should not be worshipped. Or they don't need to be worshipped. Kings don't need to be gods. To be worshipped. It says it in the scriptures. The highest of the high. Right. It's it's all there. But what I love about Revelation. In the book of Revelation. What I love about it is it's very trippy. There's part of Revelation. Which is like. Ooh wonderful. Then there's parts of Revelation that's going to, you know, parts that make me a bit anxious. Um, the parts that really explain death. And that's what makes me a bit anxious, the parts of Revelation. But I love the way it describes heaven. I love the way it describes light, life, the life that we're given. And creativity. Creativity, in fact, actually stems. In fact, creativity, I'm going to say this now, and this is nothing biblical. Creativity does not need to be understood. In fact, if you watch Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, and this is where a lot of the theories get debunked. If you watch the very first episode, in fact, if you watch the first and then you watch the fourth episode of... It's the first and third. Um, the If you watch episode... Yeah, watch episode one and episode three of Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Then you will see where the two episodes are linked. That'll give you a... Bigger thing of what Joe and Becky were trying to do, but you see the th the the thing about Don't Hug Me I'm Scared is not 
it's not about the media. That's not what they're trying to get. The story about Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared is about... Um, is about the red guy and how he imagines. And it's about imagination. And imagination is on one person's... It's based on one person's vision. And how and what their perceptions of imagination are. It isn't on a group of people on what their imaginations are. Um, but... Um, in actual fact, Becky and Joe, even though they worked as a group on it, you'd probably think maybe it would be Becky's or just Joe's idea when you see those two episodes. Uh, the first episode, which is called Creativity, really breaks it all down. You know... Um, it's saying green is not a creative colour. <laughs> you know, um, well, first of all, that person had a very strong imagination and their perception of colour was green. Um... You know, um, it's like saying, the sky is blue. Um, okay, well, yeah, to you it's blue, to somebody else it might be green, it might be red. It depends how, what light and how people see it, if they see it at all. Um, and again, this, this same thing comes to sounds, whatever, whatever you create. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be understood. You know, the average person will understand it because, for, for example, they'll understand that um, they'll understand. That we get wood from trees. Okay. They'll also understand that we get paper from trees as well. What they won't understand is, say, for example, like they won't think, a, an, an average person will not think how a tree or plant thinks. But if they wanted to look at the basics of uh, consciousness and subconsciousness, 
that's where plants give us the answer. So that's another, again another way of easy easy way to understand. But art doesn't need to be understood. It doesn't. Because um because when you understand it, it stops becoming art. It stops becoming it just, you know, it fades away. But when you say, when you look at, say, for example, um, when you something, you look at something that really moves you. And you can't understand it. Why it moves you. You don't need to understand it. If you understood. That image. Your mind would go completely. You go, you'd go completely insane. And that's to where. Not understanding a person's creativity is important. To not understand a creation is important. You know, you don't need to look at somebody like Eric Fournier. And I think he was pissed off because people started to try and understand uh, Shea St. John. And you don't have to understand it. That's the point. Shea St. John had a little backstory, but he didn't really want to understand. And artists don't, real artists don't really want people to understand their work. They want you to have the, your own perception of it. They want you to think for yourself. They want you to be independent. But anyway, that's... You know, <laughs> um, people that try and understand something... Hmm, they're the people that think, you know... They're the people that don't like chaos. They're the people that don't like, you know, all that sort of thing. And it's something we get. But I think... Sometimes you have to come out of your comfort zone to be a bit creative sometimes. Anyway, that's my message for today and my personal thoughts. <clears throat> um, and yeah, maybe 
they'll skip past it and listen to something else. Hello folks, um, I'm sat in the office, um, I'm getting ready to do some work, um, so yeah, I want to discuss just very, very quickly something that I want for Christmas, probably not going to get, <laughs> that's going to be uh, the title of this podcast actually, um, I really want an Alexa, an Echo Dot, um, <clears throat> I was debating on to get on for a while. Um, I was going to go for the Lenovo Smart Clock, but I thought, no, an Alexa does the job that a Smart Clock would do. But I want the Alexa Dot. That's the one I want, because uh, I don't really want the, uh, the the Alexa Show. I don't want the big one, um, but I want the Alexa Dot. Apparently, um, I can hook stuff up to it. Um, I can, I can even, um, if I wanted, I could, um, I'm not going to do it, but I could hook it up to my amp, use it as like a third speaker, if I really, if I really so wanted to do that, um, you know, because I was going to do that, um, I wanted to have a smart speaker that I hook up to my amp and it becomes, you know, um, a third party thing. So, you know, my amp, it has like a smart, I've got a smart device hooked up to my amp. So, um, but apparently you can get smart amps. They are very, very expensive, Um, but I would love one. Um, so apparently you basically, um, it's just a normal amp, but apparently it has, um, a connection on it where you can say certain things to it and it all, um, you know, go through your whole sound system. But, you know, um, really I'm not wanting it for that. I've already got speakers for decent listening and this is... This is something I've got, right, I'm going to talk about this. I've got speakers and headphones for decent listening. Um, I do need new headphones, and I'm going to get them in the in the new term. Um, the Sennheisers, I'm going to see if I can get them fixed. If I can't get them fixed, because they sort of still work, um, I'm going to recycle them. Recycle not bin, right? Because they still work. So maybe, um, I might just say to Martin, if you can't fix them, um, when I get some new ones, I'll give you these and you can do whatever you wish with them. Because, you know, um, maybe Mike Dowling could do something with them or something. And this is some, this is what I'm saying, right? Um, I would normally throw them in the bin, but the Sennheisers cost me an arm and a leg. Um, so I'm going to go online. I'm actually going to get some headphones from, there's a place where I can get some headphones and I can probably get them a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper. So 
I'm starting to look at a new budget and working towards it because I do need new headphones for work. Um, but I don't need new headphones for personal use. I've got them. I've got my, my, my Bose Connect, my Bose headphones are my, they're like my Bluetooth equivalent to an amp. And I'll tell you something, I'm bloody happy with them. They're the headphones that I look after. In fact, they're the only headphones that I look after because they're very expensive and um, I don't just throw them somewhere. They actually go in a corner in my room, but I'm actually going to um, make a box for them. Um, and saying that I need, this is a need, I need a keyboard rack. I need, I need a keyboard rack because I've got three keyboards and when I've got them, I'm not very happy with where they are. And the box broke to where I put my MIDI controller board and I thought, no, this is a need. I need a rack where I can store my keyboards nicely um, in them. I would like a rack that converts to a stand so I can have them in. And then if I want to, I can just plug them in from the stand. Uh, problem is I've got no space to do that. So just somewhere where I can um, where I can stand them in. I might just get a guitar rack and then I'll put the keyboards in that. Just, and I might also put my, uh, my DJ decks in there because if I can put my DJ decks in there and store my keyboards in there, um, that would be fantastic. Because the problem is, um, in my studio, they're just sort of, they're just sort of stood there. Um, and also I might get some, I might get some, um, I've got the cover from my, from my uh, MIDI controller board. I'm not gonna throw that away. That's, I'm gonna keep hold of that and I'm just gonna use that to cover the keyboard with um, but you never know I might buy I might start buying some covers and stuff um, I might just look around for some old tea towels to cover them up with because um, the cellar doesn't get completely dusty where I am but you know it's it's you've got to You've got to look after your gear in any studio. Um, so that's what's happening. Uh, and I'm just gonna have to scrap that cardboard box, which I'm not particularly worried about. I mean, if if it needs to get fixed, I don't think they'll ask for the box. I know where I got it from. Um, so I need to just make sure that I put it, you know, um, it's a MIDI controller board and that's what I use it for. Um, but back on to headphones and amps very quickly. Um, in my, in my man den, my office in the garden, I've got a decent tier camp, which took me ages to get. I want, I want it in the cellar, but my mother wouldn't allow me to have it in there. I'm glad I didn't have it in the cellar because I like to have that thing at full blast, you know, a decent listening volume. And where I am in the garden, it's brilliant. I can just go in there, close the door, whack up some, you know, whack up some volume. I've never been told off yet for blasting out music in there. So it's the place if, it's the only place in the whole house if I want to go and blast some music out. 
on decent speakers at decent volume. Um, I don't, well, you know, I'm, you know, but you know what I mean. If I want to sort of put a bit of music on a decent listening volume, I can do so. But the um, all right, Neil. Um, the Bose headphones. They're like the Tiak amp. They're like the Wharfdale speakers. They are. Um, I was going to get some Sennheiser Bluetooth headphones, but I didn't. Um, I, I went for the Bose. The reason why I went for the Bose was because they had noise cancelling and um, yeah. And people ask me actually uh, very quickly, as an autistic, why don't you have ear defenders when you play the drums? And when someone asked me that, I thought when I looked at that comment a while ago, because I did something for somebody, I looked at that and I thought, ear defenders. And then I realised that autistics have ear defenders. Um, well, I used to have an issue with loud noise, but I managed to get around that. And that was just be exposed to loud noise. <laughs> Expose yourself to loud noise. Um, it's not done my ears good in the long run. And, you know, I've lost a wee bit of hearing for it. I'm not, I'm not deaf, but um, I've damaged my hearing a little bit, I'd say. Um, but I thought this was a question that, uh, because when I, when I play the drums, I remember one time um, I was in a studio and the producer, he, he came in and he went, man, he said, you, he, you're playing the drums way too loud. He goes, and you haven't even got any earplugs in. I was like, what's the problem with that? He goes, you've got your ear too low to the snare. <laughs> I, I don't do that anymore. I used to put my ear, right? I don't know how I did it, just so I knew what drums I was playing, but the snare drum, every time I played the snare, my ear went towards it. I don't do that anymore because um, I'm used to playing with monitors. So in a way, that's the one advantage of monitor speakers. Um, I'm not putting my ears so close to the drum. Um, my ear used to go, right down low to where the snare was. I would dive down, because that's what I used to do when I was playing snare. And it was usually my right ear, but I don't do it so much um, these days. But um, I'd say crappy, uh, I'd say years of wearing crappy earphones have also damaged my hear hearing a little bit as well. Um, that's why I say wear comfortable headphones. And also, that's another thing I wanted to, um, I tried somebody's headphones on. They were Bose. They were comfortable. I could wear them for a long, 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 long period of time. My Bose headphones, I can wear for ages. I can wear them things for ages. Um, and see, because I used to hate wearing headphones. I used to always hate wearing them. That's why I used to use speakers and get into trouble. And then I wondered why I never wore headphones, why I went off wearing headphones, because I did, even as a kid, because this stems right... Now, this is a sensory thing. This is a sensory thing. As an autistic, I used to hate headphones. I didn't think this was an autistic thing, but it was. I didn't like the feel of headphones. Didn't like the feel of them. Um, even the best headphones, you know, even the really, really good headphones, I didn't like wearing them. 
Um, I like the speakers because you could turn a speaker down, you could turn the speaker up. You could have a speaker. I could use. I used to be able to hear. I can't do it now. I used to be able to speak at a ridiculously low volume, but I do train to hear at quite a low volume. I can still hear it quite a low volume, but I can't tolerate it. It's not comfortable for me. But when I'm wearing my Bose headphones, oh, I can't have them loud too long. Uh, it gets uncomfortable, um, and it they get. Uh, they start clipping um, because I have had them loud for a long period of time. Um, I didn't want to ruin them, so I've, I've, I'm, I'm protecting my speakers and just having them low. Um, it's the same with the Wharfdales. The Wharfdales I can listen to quite low. Um, and there's another thing as well, right? Um, I can tell a bad speaker. I can tell a bad speaker now. Um, so coming back to the Alexa... Your question's going to be, are they bad speakers? Um, I don't particularly like the shape of them. I don't really like the shape. They're, they're, they're a horrible shape. Um, however, um, the one we've got in the kitchen is emulating a flat speaker. Um... It looks like a KRK rocket. Just, you know, it's kind of... don't know if they're going for that, but... Um, yeah. Um, but... Overall, if you want a decent listening experience, you want a Bluetooth speaker for listening, if you want... A, just for listening, you don't want a smart speaker, you want it just for listening go for Sonos because the son the Sonos speaker I don't know what dad's doing with his Sonos but the Sonos speakers are bloody brilliant for listening you know you could have a Sonos really loud you'll get it you know you only need one speaker and um, you know they're great they're great speakers uh, wouldn't fault them at all um, but again, I don't particularly like the Sonos speakers because uh, you can't connect them up to an amp. You have to get the amp to do it. But there's so much more you can do with the Sonos um, if you want it for, for Bluetooth purposes. Uh, but if you want, like, you've got to think, if you're going to buy something... You've got to know what you're going to use it for. That's not going to say that I won't listen to music on the Alexa, because I might just listen to the old song or something. You know, if you're lazy and it's plugged in. But really, um, I know that... Um, I mean, with the Alexa, I was going to buy something from the RNIB to read books and that from. Don't need to do that now. I don't need to do it. I don't even need to buy a Kindle. Right? Don't need to buy a Kindle. Because what I can do is buy some ebooks and Alexa will read them to me. So that's another reason why I want the Alexa. It'll read you books. Um, you know, 
Um, also, it's going to be a great wall calendar, you know, uh, it's going to be a great alarm clock, reminders, to-do list. Um, also, I'm going to try and see if I can get it to read stuff like emails and stuff on my phone. Um, I am going to sort my smartwatch out again. <clears throat> my Apple Watch. That's one of my New Year's resolutions as well, to update and sort my watch out, which I'm going to do in the new year. Because uh, I've got an updating process and all that jazz. Um, then once I've done that, I'm going to wear my watch every single day. Um, because then I can look at the notifications on the watch without even having to touch the phone first thing in the morning. Um, and as you guys know, I don't really touch the phone much first thing in the morning anyway, but... If I want to just glance over something, you know, as you do, then it'd be good. You know, it'd be great for, to get the news first thing, get the radio. Um, unfortunately, um, I probably won't be listening to anything by the BBC because I'm not connected to any BBC services. So, like television, um, it means that I won't be listening to Radio 1 anymore. If I do want to listen to Radio 1, there's ways I can do that, but, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, um... You know, nothing from the BBC, basically. Um, but yeah, I want an Alexa to just listen to podcasts and, you know, when I wake up, play, you know, play a podcast or something. Um, I mean, in the kitchen, I always get it to play the Retro Hour podcast. So... I listen to the retro hour in the kitchen, which is brilliant. Um, um, When I'm having my bedtime drink, I'll listen to the retro hour, have it on in the background. Um, So it's one of my favourite podcasts, actually, so I listen to that. Unfortunately, this podcast that you're listening to right now does not play on Alexa. Um, I tried it. Um, I also played a game with Alexa last night. Um, unfortunately, it's not great for the video games that you can play, like with the Sonus. Um, but it's great for quizzes, you know. There's some quizzes you can play if you're into that sort of thing. Um, you can play against people or... <coughs> Um, you can just play against the Alexa but Alexa will choose somebody else who's playing Um, they'll pick someone at random Um, 
have to remember that the kit the Alexa in the kitchen is routed to mother's phone. So if it's gonna notify mummy, I panic. <laughs> um Mummy's mummy see mummy knows when I've used the Alexa because she checks her phone. <laughs> so she knows that I'll have been listening to the retro hour last night again. And she knows that I'll have played a game. And she knows that I'll have been listening to BBC Radio 4. So, mother will know. Um, Anyways, I'm going to go. Tears of lust. Tears of lust are cried for nothing, no reason. Cried from a man who's never loved. A man who's never lost. A man who's never been happy. His happiness is always been lost. Happiness which has always been found by the true soil of no one's love. He has never come to the real standing of no man's land. But his false tears do bring hope. Hope of nothingness. And yes, he will have to go to prostitution to get his real love. His real love. He falls on his knees. Tastes the tears. Which taste of nothing. They taste bitter. Because they aren't real. Fake tears. There's no salt in them. Like when a real man cries. When a real man cries. There's hurt. Pain and agony. Within his tears. When a real man cries. There is strengthness. And gives away to all vulnerability. When a real man cries. He strips himself naked. Kneels on the floor. And isn't ashamed to howl. The only thing that a real man is ashamed of is when he cries when a real man cries his tears not just strip his body physically but also strip him spiritually when a real man cries he knows of everything of what he's done and when a real man cries his tears Taste sweet and salty, but not like when the man of lust cries. The fake tears, lost in the dead end, not wanting to find anything real. <coughs> when the fake man cries, his tears taste bitter and nothingness. 
When a fake man cries, he's still clothed. He would not know how to undress himself naked, even before the prostitution. When a fake man cries, everybody comes to him at once. When a fake man cries, he's shamed. He is ashamed of everything, even to shed his clothes. When a fake man cries, he doesn't want to get on his knees because he knows the real truth. He's taken everything before him, vomiting the lies and taking them back again, taking the poison because it's sweet, just like the times they used to know. To a fake man, Everything bitter becomes everything sweet. And everything that is not becomes everything that could. But unfortunately it's not. And he will end at the same dead end. Untrue to his former self. And will soon be poorer, feeling rich whereas when the real man cries he will be poor but end up rich and will not have to search through prostitution or anything else to get what he needs a real man's needs are musts and strengthens and a real man only needs to hide his guilt when he feels like he's near a dead end. As the fake man walks with his eyes closed and his fingers in his ears. Hello everybody and welcome to today's podcast and on today's audio blog we are going to be discussing about um, dreams and apparently they are a um, they are a spiritual antenna as discussed this morning and so I just thought I would discuss it at church because obviously you know and obviously I'll be discussing it um, on my next audio blog which will be throughout the Christmas period um, but I just thought that uh, you know um, you know dreams what are they why do we follow them um, I've spoken previous episodes about breaking your rules in dreams and and you know breaking morals in dreams and obviously breaking through other things but I think in your waking life you can try and emulate your dreams if you can um, and I had a dream the other night which I felt was quite um, 
shamanic in a way because I could actually, you know, control the world and I could control, you know, had this dream that I was the trees, the trees were playing these flutes and I could reach up to the trees and control them and can control their consciousness and everything, which is strange because it's like, you know, mind control but with plants. And so that's a very strange thing to think, but in uh, previous episodes I've been discussing um, so I'm just looking out for a bus so um, like you know you will notice that um, with dreams they have a um, you know sort of a, a, a meaning a deeper meaning within the dream And you feel that, you know, there's some dreams don't mean anything. They're the dreams that you tend to forget, but a lot of dreams I've been remembering and, and had recurring ones or just, you know but I often dream a lot and I I think because it not just spiritually but I also think there's something a bit more you know, a bit more to it and I, I, I think when, when you when you have a dream it's like the ultimate You've just got it, love. Um, Can we have the monument, please, driver? Also, do you know if there are any roadworks still on um, Shakespeare Street? Or can we still? It wasn't closed when I came into town. Yeah, but it was closed last week when I... When I uh, okay, right. No worries. No, just... Yeah. Yeah, it is all day, mate. All day. All day. So, uh, where are we? Will you let us know when, the, uh, when we're at the monument, please, driver? Yeah, we'll do. So, where were we? discussing about dreams so you know the dreams that don't have a meaning they're the ones that you know tend to worry about but there's tend to be I watched um, I've always wondered what the meaning of underground is now I know it's beneath the ground right that's the, the definition of underground is beneath the ground also um also, the other definition of underground is secrecy or working against the grain, working against uh, outside of political territory. Um, also, avant-garde and radical views. Um, so, 
Then I researched about avant-garde. I know what avant-garde music is, but what's avant-garde art? And then what's avant-garde thinking? But then I watched a documentary on avant-garde music, or watched something on avant-garde music. And the guy that did it said, what is avant-garde? What is it? What is it? And he said, the people that ask that question, right? The people that ask that question are not avant-garde. I love the way he said it. The people that ask that question are not avant-garde. Fantastic. And so, therefore, these people that aren't avant-garde or ask the question, they don't have a radical way of thinking. But it's, it's, you know, there's no harm in searching for the answer. But really, you need to search for the question. It's like asking, where's the end to a circle? And then you want to know where the end to a circle is. <coughs> Somebody could say, well, the circle ends here and it starts here. You know when you draw a circle, it starts one place and ends at the other. But an actual fact... There could be a circle within a circle, there could be a circle within another circle, and there could be a circle within another circle. And once you're inside the circle, what stops this, mate? Is this the monument? No, All right, okay. Cheers. So once you're inside the circle... Oh, a bit of Mario. Um... So yeah, once you're inside the circle, um, you're then running around trying to find the end. Now, you could still search for the end of the circle. You could still search. That could be your question. Your question could start with, where does a circle end? And your answer could be, well, a circle ends here. Or, it, it, you know, a circle ends where it starts. <laughs> you know? But if you were to ask that question what is a circle or where does a circle end you are no you're not in the circle if that makes any sense you don't have you oops cheers sir so it's definitely stopping at the Sally Army thank you sir yeah just checking because there was roadworks last week that was all so anyone travelling to Salvation Army, no roadworks this week. Thought I'd let you know on the podcast. So. So yeah, if you were to ask a question. Where a circle ends. What the dickens? Right, let's go back a minute. Let's go back a minute.
I stopped. I know where he stopped. I could have got the freaking. Oh, never mind. So yeah, um, the ultimate um, answer to the question of where does a start, where does a circle start, and where does the circle end? You're no longer in the circle, and that's like asking the question: What is an underground person? What is an underground way of thinking? Right? Well. Sorry, just to think where I was then. So an um, an, an, under, an underground uh, an underground way of thinking. I've now got the answer, but I'm still rooting for the answer. If that makes any sense. So I'm rooting not for the answer. I'm rooting for the next question, which is what is underground culture, and that's probably the same thing. So. An underground person, really, if you ask the question, what is underground? But what is the meaning to underground? What is an underground person? Or what, does a, what is an underground way of thinking? Or how do I think underground? These are the questions. If you were to say to somebody, um, am I underground? Or what's an underground way of thinking? Or... What's an avant-garde way of thinking, or what's a radical way of thinking? Then you're not that. It's it's simple. Um, it's not simple, but it is simple if you get my meaning. So then you have to start thinking things like. Um, bloody hell. Yeah, because obviously you, if you're wearing a bloody baseball cap, you come out in front of me. Sorry. Um, rant over. Very, very quick rant over. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. Sorry. Um, sorry, we're on a virtual walk, guys. Sorry about that. Hence why we're... Hence why I'm just crossing you over roads and things. Um... Where were we? Underground thinking. So people know, uh, tend to associate underground with the bad. Or they tend to associate underground with against. Um, if I'm going to say this, to, I'm going to say this to you now. If you think underground is fuck the system, the system shit, right? That's only part of it. Um. Yeah, the government is shit and they're all management and um, they're all, you know, the police, the government, the, the church, they're all singing to the same hymn sheet, if you know what I mean. Um, they all work with each other and none of them, will, nobody will go against the grain. Um, you read that um, England's this and England's that and England's the other. Um, which is true. Um, I used to be, from what my nan taught me, I used to be proud to be British, but not anymore. Um, that's a subject for another day. But it's just an example of 
it's it's scratching the the, the um, surface to avant-garde. Now, if my book my book unfortunately isn't avant-garde because um, it's how to write sci-fi, a science fiction book in an avant-garde form of way. It's written a little bit avant-garde in the sense that it's written like William Burroughs, but William S. Burroughs, but it doesn't have any. It's also written like. Um, Terry Pratchett, there's no chapters in it. The scenes change as they happen. It's like you walk into the street, you see something happen. It's documented a bit like my journal, <laughs> which doesn't have any days or times. It's more of when that happened and when this happened. And that's the way things should be... Things should be documented like that. Things should be, you know... Um, It's like, where do things start and finish? You know? You have different pages that you can skip towards. Different scenes. I mean, scenes are important. If you're not going to have chapters, have scenes at least. Um, which we're going to switch towards. So you'll know what one character's doing and what another character's doing. Um, but I'm more interested in avant-garde poetry. Because it doesn't... It, it means something to me that doesn't mean something else. Now, on underground... A, a, an underground way of thinking could be this, right? It could be... For those in the literary world... Oh, shit. It could be... Uh, sorry, a bike just went straight across me. I wasn't even thinking. Um, yeah, a bike tried to cut me up. A little sod. Um, sorry, lads and lasses. I was trying to cut them up then. Woo! Good boy, Frank. Frank's my cane. Good name for a cane, isn't it? Arr. Now we're near the cafe. I won't moan too much because there's people sat at it today. So, an underground... The simple thing to underground is, like... What's a book? Does it have to be um, a story? Does it have to explain, um, you know, does it have to be fictional? Does it have to be fact? Why can't it be either? Why can't it be mixed? You know, you look at the, um, you look at the film Cannibal, Hol oh, Cannibal Holocaust. Now, an underground person would say, did this really happen? It could or it couldn't have. You know, it might have, might not be. Now, the best way to look at underground or the best way to think underground is a bottle of water. So you could have a bottle of water. And this is the way you could think. What am I going to do with this bottle of water? Well, I could open the bottle of water. But wait, I might not want to open the bottle of water. What's in the bottle of water? Is it poisonous? Is the radiation? Is the, you know, what could this bottle of water do? Right? So it's a, it's a bottle full to the brim with water. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, thank you for giving way. Thanks. Um... 
it's all right, it's all right. Um, so you could say, you could say a bottle of water, for instance. Sorry, I was trying to get past you, mate. Sorry. Frickin' hell. He tried to cross by the little fucking twat. Oh. Sorry. So, yeah. Back to the bottle of... Back to the bottle of water. You might think, I might pour a bottle into the glass or something. I might drink it. I might pour it. I might, you know. Then, when you open the bottle, you think, hmm... How am I going to drink this bottle? And then you've got to think, what's the bottle made out of? Is it actually made of water? Am I drinking water? Um, mo- what molecules are hidden in the water? How do they move? How do they form? You know, there's water in our body. Could this bottle actually become alive? Because... Um, humans have got water in us. Could I generate something with just this one bottle of water? Um, is it a bottle of water? Is it a bottle? Is it made of plastic? You know? Um, you know, it's there's so many questions you could ask. So many questions to just one bottle of water. It might not be water. It might be, you know, might be something else. It might be you know, several different molecules and atoms and, um, and, um, yeah, different, whatever, uh, whatever things you get, oxygen, um, oxygen and, H2 hydrogen oxygen and the number 2 stands for something in water I don't know water's made of three elements and I've forgotten what the third stands for but that's not Im- <laughs> that's not important the important is excuse me are you waiting for the uh, what bus are you waiting for? no I'm actually waiting for 300 on that side but there's no seats there so it's good. you're waiting for what sorry? Oh, am I at the am I at the forty six stop? Yeah, you are. Oh right. I'm waiting for a forty six when it comes. Um, what were we doing? Well, we were. Shit, there's a police car on the other side. Um, yeah, so we're talking about water. Now, let's go on to a favourite subject of mine, music, right? Now, we all know that music is just... All the notes that are played are just higher and lower frequencies, right? Um, You know that high notes are high frequencies and low notes are low frequencies. Um, Harmonics, there's harmonics in everything you hear. There's harmonics in my voice, there's harmonics in the cars driving by, there's car- there's harmonics in the guy talking over there, there's harmonics in the woman walking past, there's harmonics in the person shaking their bag. So there's harmonics in, in that car just driving past there. So there's harmonics in actually everything, right? That's what makes up, there's harmonics in that horn there. 
So there's, 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 there's harmonics in that horn as well. So there's harmonics in literally everything, right? Harmonics in everything. And basically, all the sound is, is molecules that retract and refract within the air. And once they hit one another, that makes sound. The lower sound, the lower frequencies, which is called bass, that, uh, sorry if I'm patronizing you all, but uh, the lower frequencies, which is called bass, that has lots of energy. Hence why if you're in a small room, like I was last night, uh, bass um, has to travel a lot. Oh, it needs to travel. Um, like that motorbike's very bassy. You hear the low frequencies as it's dropping and um, the baby screaming has got very high frequencies. So we can demonstrate high frequencies just as we're stood on the street, higher and lower frequencies. Um, and basically all it is because bass um, has to have, well, bass has a lot of energy in it. So it needs to move a lot. Um, you have, which is why um, bigger speakers or bass moves. Oh, there's a wagon. Oh, man. Wish I'd have captured that. That's a freaking big wagon. But it wasn't interesting, so... Um, it was a boring-looking wagon, to be frankly fair. Um, where was I? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, even just asking the simple questions like, what is music? Uh, you, what is it? And then, what is an instrument? What is a saxophone? Um... Does it look like a screwdriver? Uh, you know, strange things like, you know, it's trying to sort of make, make certain things. Now, back to the question of what, what is underground and what is mainstream. Well, mainstream is basically things that can be understood. Oh. Why is it when blue lights come, people cross the fucking road? Right. That rant is over. Um, shit, where were we? Um, we were discussing the underground and mainstream. So the, under, the mainstream is basically everybody understands the mainstream. Or do they? Or do they? That's the question. Always a nice rumbling motorbike. Um, that's strange. Anyway, um, I'm getting the smell of onion. Um, So, yeah, the question that the mainstream is, the mainstream understand everything, or do they? You know, they're above ground, they keep their heads above level, keep their heads above water. You know, whatever the government say, the management, the management, whatever the management say they do. Um, if the management says jump, they say how high. You know, you read your paper, you're happy with it, you... 
go to work, you're happy with it, or if you're not happy with it, you're, you're sort of content that you get your money. Um, and I'm in the system, so I can't, I can't, I'm not qualified to talk on that level. The underground are what we call the uncanny valley. We don't give a shit about the mainstream because the mainstream are understood, right? Now, I had to ask myself this question and I have to keep asking myself this question because it's a very important one, is why am I interested in the underground? Why am I, I should be mainstream, I'm in the system, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, you know, just because I'm in something doesn't mean that I have to agree with something. Right? And one day I'll, I'll listen back on this podcast and go, yeah, you know, I'll listen back to it anyway, but I mean, one day I'll, I'll come back to it and go, oh yeah, I did say that, you know, when I was younger and, you know, um, but um, the thing is, um, the, the interest that I have with the underground is a much more sort of radical meaning. I have projects that I'm working on, art projects, music projects, that um, I'm doing, and I really want to say something within them. Um, projects that are more uh, very political and religious heavy. Um, things that I believe in, things that I, things that I want to say. Things that I think should be said. And I want to do a piece of art and I want to use it to protest. Because I'm going to say this now, right? Petitions don't work. Marches don't work. Protests don't even work. So the way you protest is you do something and you protest with that thing. Um over in some of the Middle Eastern uh, world, uh, punk is real. Over here, it's, 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 it was once. It was, you know, punk did uh, move people. It said F you. It said, um, you know, unemployment. It said boredom. It said homelessness. It said whatever. But unfortunately, it doesn't say, it doesn't say that anymore. Punk does not say, it doesn't have attitude. Punk over here does not have attitude. And it doesn't go, screw you, I'm going to, you know... Punks don't... It's just about three chords and wanting to be the cheap version of a rock and roll star. Which we're not interested in. Um, Unfortunately, um, I am doing something called... uh, I'm doing... I'm setting up an organisation called Blackstick, which will be... Unfortunately, it'll be on Facebook um, for people to look at, but... Then we'll have a blog and hopefully a forum where people can discuss. And what we want Blackstick to do is um, become this organisation where not just visually impaired people, but people of all disabilities have the freedom to speak about what they need to speak about. Taboos, breaking breaking down the taboos. There was um, an organisation... 
called the Exploding Galaxy. You might have heard of them. They were famous in the 60s and they had radical decisions, right? And they all had ways of breaking down the status quo, right? So basically, um, they would wake up one day and they would say, um, you know, they all slept in different places. Um, everything was communal. Uh, and it's a piece of history that's been hidden, but it's a remarkable piece of history because it was in um, the beginning of when um, everybody was everybody wanted to be free. Um, so it was like free love and free drugs and all that business. Um, and but basically, the the the, um, the 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 thing about the exploding galaxy was they they broke off all the norms. Now, so for example, they did not conform to normal ways of thinking. But unfortunately, uh, the mainstream have latched on to what the exploding galaxy did. For its time, yeah, it was, under, it was underground, it was very radical. You wouldn't be able to do it now because you could, you know, it could be done easily. You know, if someone said, you know, is that a book? Why do you need to read a book that certain way? It's been done. Um, it, everything's been done. Um, quite, quite, you know. But um, I, I, I want to, um, I want to be. When's the forty-six coming, mate? He went for the. Are you waiting for the 46? Yeah, for about 10 minutes, yeah. Hello, folks. Um, I know this podcast is not a great um, place to uh, brain dump uh, stuff like this, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Um, and I was thinking more sort of real sort of against the grain ideas. Um, so what I, you know, sort of, and I really want to do some, uh, graphite art stuff. Um, I'm getting into graffiti art because that's the... I don't know, it's something that speaks to me personally. Um, just something, you know, street art or whatever. But um, I had some thoughts that were going on in my mind about street art and uh, where, where, where we can go with the whole, the whole thing. Now, my book has been put on hold a little bit because I'm writing this letter to Uncle John. So that'll be done over Christmas. Unfortunately, 
Um, I can't talk about that. It's a very taboo subject on this podcast or anywhere else. Um, but I'm just letting you know that I am working on it and um, I'm still writing the book, um, The Glass Future. There's still kind of um, new things done. So there's like designs and stuff. But in the new year, we'll pick up from where we left off. Not to say that there'll be stuff be added over Christmas. And it doesn't mean to say that I'll be you know, brain dumping about that. Um, over Christmas but I just think that you know um, the whole thing about the whole art thing and in the new year I've got a project that I really really want to do and the, the whole thing about it is I'm going to have to make sure that my whole heart and soul goes into it um, because it'll be the album cover for our second album um, but the second album and the third album will be more kind of radical also I have the um, the new logo which I might have to make myself um, so we'll have to work on that um, so we'll just have to do all the branding and stuff for the new logo which we start making the new logo which will be on hoodies and t-shirts and stuff next year will be the cassette taping Oh yeah, hashtag, uh, what is it? Um, yeah, home taping is hashtag making, hashtag breaking music. Just making, hashtag breaking. Home taping is making hashtag breaking music. But we have the breaking is the the whole point of things coming out. So basically things aren't necessarily getting damaged. Um, so we're doing that over the course of the new term and obviously there's new things coming out over over the Christmas period so one time I've worked um, over the Christmas period because I've not really worked very hard this year um, unfortunately um, so next year we'll have to work even harder unfortunately um, but just getting this letter done, um, which I could be a fraud trying to get answers out of people. Um, but hey, it's one of them things that you do. Um, but once I have them answers, I will be able to make new questions and hopefully 
make new, you know, better questions or hopefully answer whatever questions I have. Um, but I'm also releasing next year, I am actually releasing a book which will go out properly first and it's just going to be called the DJ Journal. It'll have all my gigs, it'll have all my radio shows, it'll have all my ideas, it'll have all my scripts. Um, so yeah, and I'm not breaking, well I shouldn't be breaking data protection, I'll have to see what I can put in, but it'll be kind of um, playlists to have in the studio, um, Yeah, a playlist in the studio. Uh, it'll have my thoughts on the day's shows, my thoughts on the gigs, where I think the gigs went right. Problems with equipment, if I have any. Problems with audience members, if I have any. Um, So that's all I want to say on that score. We'll be back later on on this podcast to wrap things up because I've just remembered there is a fair bit in this episode. Um, so it's getting to... And I was sat in the steam room today, right? And I thought I would love to do my next piece of art would be kind of wondering what the other side of somebody's perception would be. Somebody's thought perception. I'm doing sort of everything on the uncanny valley aspect. You know, looking at everything sort of robotic and artificial. That's kind of a bit like the glass future. <laughs> um, anyway, 